0: Welcome back into Bearcat Rewind. Thanks for joining us on this February morning. As It's been a little while. It's been a crazy winter, a bit of a hiatus, but getting back into the swing of things as we are starting to wrap up the winter sports season, the indoor track and field season, starting to come to a close. The MIAA Championships last week, and we're a couple weeks out from the NCAA Indoor Championships down in Pittsburgh, Kansas. A great contingent from Northwest Missouri State will be heading down, including senior tiffany huey Elise summit missouri native tiffany joining us today on the podcast a seven-time all-american and we're expecting to add to that maybe in a couple weeks and again around in the outdoor season too tiffany appreciate you coming on talking with us and just take me through the last couple of weeks as we look at it because you went through the usatf indoor championships running with world champions, and Olympians, and uh, then you go off and put up just a ridiculous time in the 400 at the MIAAs last week in Topeka. What have the last couple of weeks been like for you?
1: Um, pretty cool, honestly. It's been amazing to hit the goals that I set for myself at the very beginning of the year and even surpassing some of that. Um, and I think going to USA's really helped me boost my confidence and, um. You know, just being able to run with the best, like, that was that was really cool. And it, I think it even inspired me to, like, see what my options are um, post-collegiately.
0: I want to dive into that USA indoor meet. Before getting too many details on that, you mm-hmm. run a personal best in Albuquerque of 53.27 seconds. And you said you were sick leading up to that meet that week previous. Right. You still do that. So a healthy Tiffany <laughs> Huey is just on a completely different planet. Take me through the miWA Championships on Sunday. What were you feeling as you go out and run a fifty-two point six five second four hundred?
1: Yeah. So prelims day, even my coach had told me I could basically jog prelims just to get in, and I was like, okay, I won't jog, but I'll <laughs> I'll chill. I won't push. And leading up to finals, I'm thinking, you know, I can chill because the competition just isn't really that strong um, with me, but I was like, I don't really want to waste an opportunity to put down another good time, you know, like, I only have this meet and then nationals, and that's my last indoor meets ever, like, I'm done, and so I wanted to see what I could do on a finals day where nobody was going to get in my way, Um, and I think that that, that, like, inspired me to go out there and put something down, because I knew that it was inside me when I, ran at USAs, I put down a 53-2, and I was like, you know, I think I still have something left in me. I think I can go much faster than this because the 53s were starting to feel a little bit easier. I felt like I was starting to pace myself, and so I knew that I had a 52 in there, and I remember my mom had texted me um, the night before finals, and she asked me, like, what's what's your goal time? And I said, 52-5 or around there. And so I think it was just really cool to see that I'd done exactly what I told myself I was going to do and I was almost crying after my race because it was just all of that hard work and years of hard work leading up to that moment. So.
0: Well, you mentioned at the outset, too, that you know, you've know you had some goals going in, and you've even surpassed some of those goals. I imagine that's a bit of a sliding scale because once you hit a certain time, it's not getting satisfied and just like, I'm going to sit back, eat a bag of potato chips and relax, now it's uh, setting a new goal. What was your original mark that you're like, I want to hit this this year, and you mentioned it was 52-5, does it slide once again? I
1: think, because I don't have my paper with me, but I think that I was, just hoping I would hit like 52-9 indoor season um, and then after I hit 52.5, I was like I still feel pretty good I think I can go faster than this so yeah it's that um, mentality of like not letting up every time you hit a goal because you know it feels good for a little bit and then you're like okay well what's next like I don't want to get um, too relaxed you know because now there's a target on my back so you have to keep going you have to keep putting in that work even after, and, you know, enjoy it, but um, asking yourself, what am I going to do to be even better than this?
0: Now, you've got a speed that, like, very, very few of us will ever actually get to experience going out there and running a, a 400 like that, really. I mean, are you getting three strides out of the blocks and feeling like, this is my day? Is it getting through the first turn? At what point do you kind of feel like you have reached maybe a new level as you're going through that race?
1: I think it's both of those. You know, when during prelims I get out and that second turn when you're coming up on the bank as soon as I'm past everybody in the race I know I've got it so once I hit the cone you just hit the gas and I know that nobody's going to end up in front of me
0: so Northwest dominated in the 400 you roll in first Chloe Sines takes second but no one was within two and a half seconds of you Uh, coaches mentioned too that With the competition level, you talk about going to the USAs and you're running against some of the the best athletes in the world. That does raise your game just a little bit. How do you pull Mm -hmm. away and still lay down that kind of time when you know all you're doing is chasing yourself at that point?
1: Um, I think that I'm a runner that surprisingly runs very good by myself. And indoor is one of those things where you have to fight a little bit harder to – control the race or, you know, get in front of people. And when I'm in a race where I know that I can, you know, take the lead, it's that much easier for me. I think, I don't know, for me, it's a confidence booster in a race. If I don't see anybody, I know I've got it and I'm going to push the gas and I trust my training that I'm not going to get tired.
0: You know, your first MIAA championships back in March of 2020, you run the 400 in a 57.79 seconds. So you have dropped more than five seconds from your time way back in 2020, uh, is it about technique? Is it the training program, strength and conditioning? Like, where do you look at and kind of pinpoint and say, this is why all of a sudden I'm one of the best to ever do it at Northwest Missouri State?
1: Um, I think it's everything that you named. You know, it took me a couple years to get my endurance up, and I think my coach saw the potential that I had because I had speed, but I just I just wasn't that strong, and so it was all of the all of those elements. But I think I've talked about this. The biggest thing for me was getting out of my head and managing like my pre-race anxiety. Cause I used to have a lot of that and I've learned that that can hold you back so much and that your mind is so powerful. Like if you tell yourself you're going to be tired in the race, you're going to be tired in the race. Um, if you tell yourself you feel slow, you're going to feel slow and you're going to have those days where you don't even feel that fast. You know, at conference I've, didn't feel the quickest but I told myself it doesn't matter (laughs) like it's still in there somewhere and you know I went out there and I did what I had to do so yeah I would say the biggest thing for me is trusting my training and you know not getting in my head you know you're going to be nervous but you have to learn how to manage your nerves
0: I think that's so interesting too, because so many people say hey, you're just running; that's all you're doing. There's not, yeah. you know, there's there's not anything else going with it. But there is a mental mm-hmm. game that you have to go in and trust yourself and know that I've done this work and it's it's going to pay off. There's a reason I've done it. So even if you don't feel your best physically, you still get there because of that mental side of things too. Um, I'd imagine the mental side has to be a completely different game when you go to Albuquerque a couple of weeks ago. Was we re- rewind it oh, back yeah. the USATF Indoor Championships? the best of the best the united states has to offer between amateur and professional uh, track and field stars olympians and world champions uh, first of all how does the opportunity come about that you did get that bid to go to albuquerque um
1: my coach had mentioned to me that there was a chance i could make it in because my time i think it met like the the minimum standard or something and it's it's an off year for some people because you know they're training for the olympics and so you know, he thought I could probably sneak in a little bit and we weren't sure how that was going to go because he told me about it. We didn't plan anything. And then, um, towards when it was getting closer, he was like, I think you have a really good chance. I want you to enter in, um, and pay the entry fee and everything. And so I did and we waited around and this was towards the end of me being sick. And then that week he texted me and he said, you made it in. So do you still want to go? And I was like, why not you know like why not go and get and race the best and get some good competition in
0: so when he texted you between um you know the fridays whenever you ran the 16th how many days advance did you know before you were heading down
1: mm, so that was about
0: three days maybe so not a whole lot of time to really sit back and chew on it it was oh i gotta no. book a flight and go
1: it exactly he was like okay i'll, I'll i've bought tickets you know, then we left on Wednesday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, whenever you find out, how quickly did you go to uh, look at the other runners you're going to be competing against? Did you do some pretty quick homework just to see the other names?
1: I didn't even know um, what the heat sheets looked like until we were driving down to the airport, um, and I remember he pulled it out and he said, "The list is out," and I saw the times and I saw the names and. I, I thought I would be, like, freaking out and, like, oh, my gosh, like, they're so fast, but I think I was just super excited to see that I was going to be running with people that have been running in the Olympics. Like, I didn't let it um, put fear in me. I just, you know, told myself I'm excited, and it's going to be a great opportunity and a great experience.
0: A Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. You can find more on that on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu foundation. And also Clarinda Regional Health Center, offering support to southwest Iowa and northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clarindahealth.com. So Northwest was hosting the Heart of America Conference meet as well as the Friday Night Lights meet that weekend. So things were busy. Coach Masters was bummed that he wasn't able to go because of these prior obligations. So GA Lisette Perez got to attend with you two. Her friends, That had to be a bit of a relief, not only not being alone, but then having someone that you're pretty tight with to be able to go through that experience and kind of just take it all in at the same time.
1: My coach had told me, he's was like, um, listen, I am I don't think I'm going to be able to make the trip with you. And I think my face kind of dropped because I thought he was going to, but he reassured me, you know, like they needed him here and there wasn't much he was going to be able to do for me. You know, like I've done the workouts, but yeah, he told me Lissette was going to make the trip instead. And, you know, I was like, you know what, this could actually be really fun then because Lissette's been my friend for about... Three years now, we live together, and um, traveling together was pretty easy. You know, we weren't bickering and fighting and things like that, and it was just so fun to be able to navigate <laughs> New Mexico with her because, you know, we had to make our way to the airport, and then we had to go find our rental car, and then we have to drive to the hotel, and then we got to figure out uh, where the convention center is, where the where the track is going to be at, and find our credentials and all of those things, and. You know, it was just two 23-year-olds taking on Albuquerque together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you just stopped running now and you never did another meet the rest of your life, I mean, that's still just a lifetime experience that you're going to take mm-hmm. with you and, and be able to pass on and, and some pretty fun stories to tell, too. You mentioned going down, and you look at the heat sheet, and you saw the times and the names, and you didn't really freak out. You pretty felt pretty solid about yourself going into it. Once you do get there and you see – you're running alongside Quinara Hayes and Taylor Manson, Alexis Holmes who won the title and set a meet record was in heat 3 after you. Mm-hmm. Did you have any imposter syndrome slide in at that time of man like the inner battle of convincing yourself that you do belong at that point?
1: I think I have doubts creep in every now and then, but I've learned how to push them away. Um and I knew, you know, going into it some of these people aren't going to run their personal best. Some people have down a 51, and, you know, like Taylor mentioned, she ran a 53 that day. You know, so everybody is still in different spots, and I just knew, like, if I've made it into this meet, then I'm supposed to be here. I deserve to be here, too, and I can be just as good or close to that good one day.
0: You talked about early on how that might have lit a fire for you heading into the MIAA Championships. How does that sort of thing inspire you from, I mean, you are running against some of the best around, and now all of a sudden you're coming back to really good Division Two runners, but it's just a different feel because you, you have been pretty dang close to that mountaintop now.
1: Yeah, I think that it gave me a lot of confidence, honestly, because you go from running against Olympians to running against people that are Two, three seconds behind you. And so I I went into the MIAAs expecting to win. And, you know, my nerves were a lot more settled. You know, I still get a little bit nervous, but it wasn't anything that was keeping me from, you know, eating in the morning. Because when I was in Albuquerque, I was um, choking down a sandwich for lunchtime. You know, like I was nervous and two days in advance and thinking about the big meat um, at that time. So, yeah, going in on my double A's, I was like, this is honestly going to be a breeze. <laughs> and I know at nationals, it'll be a little bit more competitive. But, you know, I again, I have that experience from USA's. And I know that I can come out on top if I just trust my training and go out there and push the gas, you know, and tell myself that I can run a faster time. Um And as for post-collegiately, um Again, I'm still figuring that out, and I think I'd like to see how my outdoor season goes, but um, if I can run a 52.5 indoor on a bank track, I I believe that I can run a 51 outdoor, and I think that that's a time that would place yourself a little bit higher uh, because there's a lot of saturation, but um, I'm just telling myself if I can get this good in two years, then I, I wonder how much better I could get if I keep going.
0: You're representing Northwest Missouri State. You've got Bearcats on you. Does that draw any attention? Does anybody stop and ask you? Does anybody kind of take notice that hey, you are a Division Two star out here among all these track and field athletes?
1: You know what? I did not really get many questions about that, but I think that's just because everybody's so focused on their own race and warming up. But I was so proud to rep, you know, my Bearcat gear because um, one thing I'll say is that I'm I'm really proud to be like a division two product you know I think that division two gave me the opportunity to get this much better and I think it was really cool to go out there and have on my paw like the paw across my chest and like there's pictures and now you can say that somebody from northwest Missouri ran at USA's
0: (laughs) you're a humble person not braggadocious, you just kind of stay in your lane, do your job, and just kind of focus on that. And, and it's, it's obviously um, done you very well, a seven-time All-American, you're a national champion. When this comes about, the prelims are going to be online broadcast, and then the finals the next day were going to be on NBC. I assume family knows. Did you tell many people what you were doing, or was this one of those things of like, ah, kind of I'll let them know a little bit later down the road, but I don't want to draw too much attention right now.
1: Yeah, I kept it a little bit, on the download, just because I wasn't sure if I was gonna make it in or not, and you know, I'm I'm not the type of person that wants to be the one to give myself a bunch of attention. So, um, yeah, I didn't really let a lot of people. I didn't even let my mom know until like the <laughs> week of, and she she's more of a type A person. She was like, "What? That's this weekend?" And I said, "Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going." <laughs> By the way, so yeah, and even my coach had given the news practice, I wasn't the one that said it. He had asked me, he's like, is it okay if I tell them? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, and it's funny, too, because so many people, too, are so proud and so excited and, and obviously mm-hmm. as a good human being, but then also representing Northwest and you not wanting too much of the spotlight. It's just kind of cool to see that as opposed to maybe someone that's walking around kind of pushing that out mm-hmm. a little bit more, letting everybody know. Um Mm -hmm. who left you starstruck did anybody kind of have your, your jaw drop a little bit when you walk in there
1: I think that there was a handful of them just because it's it's so weird seeing people that you know I've followed on Instagram or people that I've seen race on TV and I think the biggest one was probably Noah Lyles I don't he's not my favorite athlete but he's very, very big in the track world. And so just seeing him casually walk down the street or through the warm-up room was, like, crazy to me. I also got a picture with Grant Holloway. He's the world record holder in the 16-meter hurdles. Um, And then I met Quanera Hayes. She was in my heat. Um, I follow her, and she was very, very sweet. Um, And she's somebody that I look up to because, not only because of her running form and things like that, but because she's also very humble, very graceful um and she's just I see myself in her a little bit and she also came from a division 2 school. So yeah, there was there was a lot of people that I was like, wow, that's like I'm in the same room as them, that's so cool.
0: <laughs> just the uh, awesome memories to come away with that. I assume Noah Lyles doesn't walk as fast as he runs. Uh no. <laughs> Just a little more casual when he's out there strolling, he right? He
1: has a little bit more swag and he got on his little
0: puffer coat. You know, at that point he, he's earned it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, just a couple more with you and then I'll let you go. I appreciate your time again, Tiffany. Second time coming on the podcast, had you after a national mm-hmm. championship in the outdoors and now back on, of course, doing some big things and we'll probably have you back on again down the road after the Olympics at some point, um, <laughs> coming back from Paris, maybe, um, Give me one track and field athlete to have dinner with, someone that you'd like to pick their brain, past or present.
1: Oh, okay. That's easy. I would pick Allison Felix. One
0: She's of the best 400 of all time, now, right? Yes. Now, have you is this something that you get into the sport and you get into the event and then that's when you kind of gravitate to it, or or have you always been kind of a track and field nerd?
1: Hmm, I think the one the one you said before that, because I'll be honest um, I don't think that I followed track that closely like um in the past like i would I would watch the Olympics and things, but i I never really watched like worlds I didn't pay attention to indoors, and there was names that were really big that I didn't know, but um I think. Last year and this year, I've been following it a lot more closely. And, of course, I think I've always known, like, the 400 runners. I think that I gravitate more towards my event and, like, sprints. But, no, I was just kind of doing my own thing when I was a kid and just running for fun.
0: You mentioned earlier um, you used to have some pre-race anxiety and how the mentality is so huge. And you got to really be locked in and, and... that's something you've grown not only the times and, and what you're doing physically, but then that mental aspect of it too. Um, are you someone that likes to get into, um, certain specific podcasts, books? Do you follow anybody on Instagram? Is there anywhere like that that you go that kind of, kind of keeps you grounded and helps you kind of continue to grow in that aspect?
1: Um, I listen to music and I don't know. I just, I just act like it's a regular day when I'm at a meet, you know, I, I still talk to my teammates. Um, I think that just finding little distractions like that has helped a bunch, And alongside with me being a lot more confident from having raced so many times. But, no, I don't – if you have any podcasts, you would recommend. I'd love to try some. But for me, it's just music. Um, I pray sometimes, and, you know, that helps me calm down when I am getting a little bit ang- more anxious than usual. But, Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, last one I've got for you. Tell okay. me about Joey the cat and how he got his name.
1: <laughs> Joey is my, uh, she's a girl, actually. And I first got her with my roommate, set a couple years ago. And she wanted to name it uh, Jerry with an I. And I was like, if we're going to have a unisex name, I'd rather name it Joey. Because I, I saw somebody else's cat named Jojo, and I just thought that was so cute. And she... She just
0: looked like a joey to me so and it works perfect it does. <laughs> <laughs> tiffany and joey i love her <laughs> that might be like the future you, you become a, a children's author after you finish up a, a long track and field career and then it's gonna be the adventures <laughs> of tiffany and joey i like it
1: Yeah, that sounds has a
0: good ring to it. That's good. Uh, Tiffany, I appreciate the time, of course. We've had you on the coaches' shows, coming on the podcast today, and um, still a lot more here to go this season for indoor track and field and then on to the outdoor season as well. So um, good luck down in Pittsburgh and beyond as well.
1: All right. Thank you so much.
0: Past Northwest Missouri State's Tiffany Huey with us. Tiffany once again running a 52.65 second 400 meter at the MIAA Championships last weekend, which was an MIAA Championships record, a record at Northwest Missouri State, and the eighth fastest time all time in Division II history. So Tiffany continues to represent Northwest. Well, also the first Bearcat ever to receive National Track Athlete of the Week honors, too, coming off the USA's meet. So She's been fantastic and expecting a lot of big things to come from her once again. The Indoor National Championships coming up in Pittsburgh, Kansas on March 8th and March 9th. That's going to wrap things up for us today. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.